0: drifter came riding out of the West you know him as Clint Eastwood the citizens of Largo didn't know him at all what did you say your name was again then good morning good morning good morning little Saigon if you don't know that was the a little sample of a trailer from a film from the year 1973 the film was called High Plains Drifter High Planes Drifters, an interesting movie. I'm not gonna give you the whole plot. Um, I kind of thought of it today when I was thinking about one of my topics for the uh, podcast. But before I get into that, it is November the 21st, 2019. 2019, folks. the 21st, 2019 just after 9 a.m. here in Little Saigon, Seattle all the the men and women of the garbage corporation are coming to pick up the dumpster trash can you hear the clitter clanger of the garbage trucks as they pick up the dumpster trash glamour of the Glumbus and the Krimulak. It is Thursday morning and the garbage people are taking care of it. High Plains Drifter I remember watching that movie when I was a kid. I gotta tell you, when I was a teenage boy, that movie, um, how can I put this, it was one of my favorites. I won't say more than that. It's actually, in some ways, kind of a, well, a really dark film. In, in fact, in some ways, I think High Plains Drifter is as bad or worse than the Joker film or that fucking Clockwork Orange. I say this because... High Plains Drifter leaves you with a question mark. Throughout the entire film, all you all you're really left with is this big fucking question mark. You have a sense of motivation, you have a sense of revenge, but you also have the sense that maybe the purpose of the whole fucking thing is madness and destruction and pain, and there is no purpose. None at all. When I considered myself an existential atheist, I would ponder such a film. Its deeper meaning about the condition of humanity, our relationships to each other. Our notions of ownership and property. What do you really own? Ladies and gentlemen out there, what do you really own if you can't defend it? I know that sounds like a horrible fucking question to ask, because some of you really, really do believe that your government cares about you and loves you, and because of that, and because you live in a free country, they constantly tell you, as they're shoving objects up your butt at the airport, they constantly tell you on that airport CNN, you live in a free country, buddy. Isn't it nice to have objects shoved up your butt on your way to see your fucking family? Welcome to America. Here's an object to go up your butt. Oh, step into the radiation machine built by the, well, frankly, a bitter Being run by people who maybe probably don't understand what a photon is, let let alone what radiation is. So, yeah. Um the the scary thought that nobody wants to think about and this is where i'm going to call bullshit this is the this is a podcast where i'm going to call bullshit on a sacred fucking cow and that sacred fucking cow is the second amendment you know the second amendment to the constitution that guarantees your right to defend yourself with a firearm Although frankly they left it vague. Did they leave it vague to protect you or did they leave it vague to fuck you? Okay, they may not have been lawyers by profession but the fuckers that created the constitution were lawyers. Some people think they left it vague because they had the vision to realize that weapons change over time and that maybe in the future they'll be you know, bomb blaserators that fire Speculon. They didn't fucking know. But it's also possible that they left it vague knowing that it would blow up, that it would be like, you know, what what do they call that? You know, um, designed obsolescence, engineered obsolescence, engineered failure. Kind of like the little, you know, Apple Corporation bullshit they put on your phone when they're getting ready to release a new one <laughs> where all of a sudden your phone starts stops working. Kind of like that bullshit. Isn't that fucking random? And it's not just Apple. I noticed Microsoft doing the same bullshit years ago. That's Add that to the list of reasons I run Linux. But I don't want to get off topic here. I got to call bullshit on all you gun rights activists for one fucking reason. One of your principal critiques of the other side is that they constantly anthropomorphize firearms. They focus on the guns. The guns are evil. The guns are killers. The guns are killing kids. Now any rational fucking person can tell you that a gun is just a chunk of metal. Okay, Just like a chainsaw. Let me tell you something, folks. If you want to have a license for buying a gun, then yeah, I think you should have a license for buying a chainsaw. And let me explain why, you stupid fuck. You can harm people with a gun, that is true. But it's kind of hard to fell a tree on a highway with a gun. You can do that shit with a chainsaw. Holy fuck, did I just give terrorists an idea? The fact is, with a chainsaw and a little bit of knowledge, you can cause a lot of fucking damage. You can weaken structures. You can cause structures to fail. It's all just a little bit of physics and a little bit of billiards. I call bullshit on all you fucking people because you're constantly telling the left, don't anthropomorphize, guns are not people, people kill people. I agree. I agree. That's 100% correct. What the fuck is wrong with you? Okay? You need to think about this, Mr. Gun Rights Guy. Your gun sitting in your gun safe is doing zero to defend your liberty. In fact, if you registered your fucking gun, if it's in a database, probably it is, you stupid fuck. Guess what? You're doing exactly what the government wants you to do. They want you to keep your guns and your ammo in your fucking safe, so when they come by, they can collect it. And then years later, at the camp, you can comment, holy fuck, is that my AR? As you get shot. If you want to tell a lefty that guns are not people, that guns don't kill people, that people kill people, you need to open up your fucking ears. Guns are not going to defend your liberty. I hate to break it to you, but they're not, okay? No more than axe handles or chainsaws. I love chainsaws, not just because my dad was a logger, because currently you don't need a license to get one. So if you really did want to do something fucked up, holy shit. A little bit of intelligence, a little bit of a chainsaw, a nice steel, maybe Husqvarna. Some knowledge on how to use it and some gasoline. You could probably shut down I-5. Probably for hours. Add in some fucking climbing rope, and I guarantee you, you can create a rat's nest on I-5. A little bit of billiards, a little bit of gasoline, and a good fucking chainsaw, and throw in some fucking climbing rope, you can get an REI. Make it the strong shit. You're going to be daisy-chaining trees together. And yet, you do not need a license to get a chainsaw. Isn't that fucking interesting? You know why? Because the government doesn't fear chainsaws. It doesn't really fear cars. It doesn't actually fear your gun. It fears you. Do you fucking understand what I'm saying? I don't care how many guns you have. You could have 50 guns. If you're dead, they do nothing. If they're sitting buried someplace, they do nothing if they are never used they are literally useless i'm not saying you don't have a right to have guns i hope people don't get the wrong message here i'm a fucking anarchist in little saigon if i have gun or guns plural ain't nobody's fucking business but me that's my perspective on this question you have a right to defend yourself but what's more importantly you have a responsibility to defend yourself. You have, a ro- you have a responsibility to fight for liberty and freedom. It's not just a, a sort of a maybe we do it when things get really fucking bad. Look the fuck around. Things are pretty fucking bad. So if your question is, are guns people? Do guns kill people? No, they don't. They also are not Thomas Jefferson or von Mises, or Ayn Rand, or fucking John Galt. Your gun is not going to give a speech. Your gun is not going to form a protest. And your gun is never going to defend you. You will defend you. And if you want your liberty, guess what? Your gun will have nothing to do with it, one way or the other. You can use it as a tool or not use it, but guess what? Your liberty will be up to you. I'm sorry for beating up on people here a bit, but I get so sick and tired of this. This is a good argument. This whole argument that you shouldn't anthropomorphize stuff, that's a brilliant fucking argument because it's simply logical. But why don't the people in the gun rights movement understand the logical fucking implication? What does that fucking mean? It also means your gun is not going to prevent... America from becoming a police state. Your gun is not going to prevent America from being a tyranny. Your gun is not going to stop one fucking war. It's not going to end any type of persecution. It's not going to shut down a prison. It's not going to abolish a fucking ridiculous law. Your gun will do nothing but sit in that fucking gun safe. And for those of you out there wondering, is Dan advocating for violence? No, I'm not. But I am advocating for self-defense, you stupid fuck. I am advocating that people start thinking about defending themselves and not just assuming somebody else is looking out for them. Because I I gotta tell you, folks, here's the honest and horrible and scary fucking truth. Either they intend to kill most of us, or they intend intend for us to kill each other, really which is almost the same thing. In either case, when that day arrives, when everything goes to pieces, they are bugging out. I don't know where they're going and when I say they, you can call them the one percent or really the one half of one half of one percent. I don't know where they're going. Maybe they're going to Antarctica. I, I, it's been weird. All these fucking celebrities going to Antarctica the last few years. Maybe that's their safe zone. It kind of makes sense. Makes a lot of fucking sense. You know, most of the terrible damage of the chaos to come will be, in many ways, in the Northern Hemisphere. Not quite as much in the Southern. Ask yourself where all the currently operating nuclear reactors are. Nuclear reactors are something that don't respond well to civil war or strife. Okay, I'm just going to give you an FYI. If shit falls apart and you're running a nuke plant, you better hope and pray you've got some monkly class of nuns and monks who will live there like scientists and engineers keeping that shit magically safe while you fight your fucking civil war. But since we don't live in magic land, that's not going to happen. And within a few hours, after the, the last engineer abandons that plant, within a few hours, okay, after they scram the reactor, guess what? The fucking control rods are fully inserted. Within a few hours, after that water pump fails and the control rods start melting, Probably within a day, that plant melts down. That's the reality, folks. I'm sorry if we're going off on that tangent, but in a way these things are connected. People, um, the left, the left wing, they're not the only ones who anthropomorphize guns and things. I think the right wing anthropomorphizes things like nuclear power. They assume, because they read the fucking propaganda... ...that these things are perfectly fucking safe. They take care of themselves. More people die from fucking coal and oil, Dan. Look at all the, the coal and oil injuries. You need to meditate on where you get your data, folks. You really, really do. Bottom line is this. I, I've, I've been on this topic too long this morning... If you are believing that having and owning guns is going to defend your liberty, you are crazy. Those guns will do nothing but be in your safe on the day that they come to arrest you and your family. And maybe you do crack open the guns and fight them off on that last day, but folks, it's too little too fucking late. They'll simply kill you right there. And it might not even be people, folks. It might just be drones. At that point, they'll probably just use armored drones. Hardwired. We're talking armored wiring. No radio fucking frequency. No antenna to fucking jam. Dragging a fucking heavy titanium carbon filament cable behind itself. So, yeah, if you have like a super axe, you might cut it. And that thing's going to be armed with a shotgun and it's going to kill you and your family. And you won't be able to jam it or stop it or set it on fire. And that technology is here right now today in America. You won't even be facing down a cop, folks. These people are not courageous. They're not heroes. They don't want to run into your fucking house and blow your brains off if they can avoid it. They would just as soon pick you off like it's a fucking video game. The gun in your safe is not defending your freedom. Next topic. This is a weird topic, a hard one for me to talk about, but I'm going to anyways. It's a hard one. This is a hard topic, folks. Um, This is a hard topic, but I'm going to talk about it. Um, When I was 20 years old... I basically kind of fell apart. Um, You can call it a nervous breakdown if you want to. You can call it depression, severe depression. For about a year, I was in a really bad place. And and, And what's, I don't know, interesting or not, it would be about 20 years later that I would find myself in a similar place about 10 years ago. And yeah, it was pretty bad. I was going to school at the University of Washington and I was drowning. Um, I felt like an outcast. I felt like a freak. I felt like the person that lived on the edge of town. In fact, I could say at no point when I was a student at the University of Washington did I feel privileged but in 1990, 91, when I was going through my shit, um, I felt the opposite of privileged. I felt basically ignored. Now, here, here's the thing, folks. I don't want you to feel sorry for me or 20-year-old Dan, okay, because that would be stupid. My point is this. Nobody I have ever met, man, woman, gay, or straight, um, has a monopoly on being outcasts, or pushed aside, or on the edge. It's not about really color of your skin, it's not about gender, folks. It's kind of just about being a fucking freak. One of the things that really pisses me off about the current fucking, call it agenda, whatever, is this belief that we are looking at the first victims in history. When you look at a transsexual, when you look at somebody who's trans, They are the first victims, the holy victims. There have never been victims like them. Kind of like the Holocaust. I mean, yeah, the Holocaust was fucking horrific bullshit. But was it the only horrific bullshit to happen to groups of people in the 20th century? No. It wasn't. And you can say, well, it was special because it was just the Jews. Well, actually, the Nazis killed lots of people. They just mostly killed the Jews. They also killed other minorities, they killed gay people, they killed communists, and I promise you, although nobody gives a fuck, they killed plenty of fucking anarchists. A lot of them. Though it's funny we never show up in the fucking poems. I guess that's accidental bullshit. Little side note, between communists and Nazis, they spent most of their time in the early 20th century finding anarchists and killing them, whether it was in the Soviet Union under Lenin or under Hitler or under fucking Mussolini. Say what you will, but yeah, they all hated the anarchists during the Spanish fucking Civil War. Everybody hated the anarchists. Why? I'll tell you why. It's real fucking simple, actually. They didn't advocate for war. In fact, they thought war was a last resort. What they wanted was peace and liberty. That's it. No special agendas, no special patronage, no special infinite power schemes of the proletariat taking over the fucking God knows what. Just to be free. Believe it or not, when it comes to a lot of the fucks from the 20th century, claiming your freedom really pisses them off. When I was 20 years old, I felt like the world's biggest freak and it wasn't just because of the depression. Arguably, I think the depression was linked. Like, when you become such an outcast that you're pushed aside that you don't fit anywhere. Yeah, you're kind of stuck on the edge and again, I don't want your fucking pity. But please note, if you're out there feeling sorry for yourself because you feel like it's always been the good white men who've had people looking out for them, here's one white man at 50 years old, 50 years of age, not brand new, didn't show up 10 years ago. I am telling you, I never had that help. I had the opposite at every fucking step. I never had that magical special hand that the white man gets. Oh, here, white man, give me your hand. I met a lot of con artists though, I met a lot of grifters, I met a lot of people trying to convince me that if I played the game I'd get the big payoff. But I never actually met this guy named White Privilege, I really never did. Now maybe you're saying, Dan, are you crazy? You're sitting in that luxurious apartment in little Saigon, Seattle. Living high on the hog off your gumbus juice and your various fucking beans and rice. You don't have a right to speak. A lot of people in the world don't even have a place to sleep right now there, you buddy. A lot of people don't have clean water or even food. And I agree with that. I don't think I'm a victim. I don't think I want your pity. What I want us to all do is give up on that bullshit. Because it is poisonous it's poisonous it leads to violence it leads to killing it leads to blowing people up it leads to all of the darkness in history this envy this constant outcast bullshit the syndrome of being victim stop being a fucking victim if you want to get over your fucking being an outcast you know what step one is get rid of your fucking smartphone and get a flip phone that is step fucking one that little device is gonna tell you all goddamn day long that you never measure up. And I don't care who you are. You could be Scarlett Johansson, beautiful as hell, really fucking successful, and that little device is gonna tell you all goddamn day you're worthless. You're not, you're not the best, you're not beautiful. Oh, but you might be, if you bought this book, if you listen to this podcast, right? If you purchase this brand new T-shirt, this car, this fucking pair of jeans, if you had these shoes, Scarlet, I'm telling you, you'd be amazing. If you only, if only you had these fucking shoes. Just buy the fucking shoes. That's all you need, Scarlet. Buy the fucking shoes. If you're gay or straight, or man or woman, or monkey or fucking orca whale, I don't give a fuck who you are. If you have a smart device and you're constantly looking at it, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. I don't care what apps you're using. I don't care if you're on Facebook or Minds.com or fucking Steam it or fucking Instagram. I don't give a fuck Twitter fuck. YouTube. Who gives a fuck? The more time you spend connected to that world, the less time you're going to spend actually finding people who give a shit about you. And that's the secret. You want to know what the secret is? If you're a freak like me, here's the fucking secret. The secret is you're not going to find a tribe on Facebook. You're not going to find a tribe on Twitter. And guess what? It's kind of hard to form tribes. You know what? In this day and age, but you're not gonna find them on Instagram or YouTube. Maybe if you're lucky, you'll find breadcrumbs. Maybe if you're lucky, you'll find a way to a tribe, but the tribes won't be there, folks. The people you need to find, the people you need in your life, that takes putting down the fucking smart device and going for a fucking walk. That means disconnecting. And yeah, if it sounds like I'm projecting a little, or maybe I should be saying this to myself, well, in my own defense, I actually have attempted to break through barriers in recent years. Now, it's not easy for me because I've been screwed by trying to meet new people, just as we all are, and every once in a while, it is a dud. But every once in a while, you meet somebody who's a friend. You wanna know the secret to surviving being a freak? It's not that complicated. You need to find a friend. You need to find at least one other person in this world who accepts you for being you, and it's not easy. It is not easy. If you think that finding somebody who gives a shit about you in 2019 beyond how many likes you give their post, if you think it's easy to find somebody who cares about you off of Twitter, it's not easy. But they don't really care about you on Twitter is kind of my fucking point. And if you're a freak like me, and you're plugged into Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, these things will constantly tell you that you're a freak, that you're a loser, that if you don't become more like us, more like the inside team, you're screwed. And I don't care what the flavor of the week is. Maybe right now the flavor of the week is transgendered bullshit. But flavors change, folks. Flavors change. And all of a sudden, the insiders become the outsiders. And this entire game is shown to be the farce that it is. So get out of the fucking farce. Break free of the fucking circus. Develop authentic relationships with actual human beings. That is the great riddle, folks. If you're a freak like me, try to build human connections because you are not going to find it in social media. For freaks, that is probably the forbidden zone. That is the place where we go to die. That is not a place where we go to live because that place is filled with nothing but conformity. Next topic. I have talked about communism and Marxism. I've also spent a lot of time in recent weeks talking about how human beings love to abstract their bullshit. And it's understandable. We're fucking clever monkeys. We're smart as fuck. A few weeks ago, I was thinking about farming and how an interesting way to farm might be to keep these little, um, yeah, these little garden pots, but keep them suspended on a cable system so you could actually move them around. It also means you have to load each pot with soil, but then that also becomes a kind of predictable mechanical process. And the idea is you could actually sit on your ass and just... Crank a wheel and harvest your vegetables, because you'd have your stuff essentially on a closed track, a closed loop, on basically on a cable, so you could move stuff around that way. I have to diagram this, but the point is, even if this was infeasible, and I, I think it actually could work, it's a good example of um, clever monkeys avoiding work. You know, a person once told me. A friend from the past, that the smartest people he ever met were lazy. And I'm not saying that's absolutely true. I think being lazy is bad too. I'm I've been very lazy the last couple months. If you think all these podcasts are a sign of me not being lazy, ha ha ha, let me drink some coffee. I wish it was Irish coffee. No, um these podcasts. You know, they require some effort, but I'm not going to claim that um, I sweat blood for them. I have been in kind of a lazy place. I, I could be more productive. There are things I could be doing, including more writing, including learning how to play this keyboard properly. Instead, I just pick sets of keys and I only play with patterns. Some would call that music, other people would call that dread. Some would call that the source of the melody. Others would call that madness. I call it the slow descent of an old man drifting towards the grave. Humans love to abstract their bullshit. They do. And, and hey, that's cool because... You know what? Efficiency's not bad. Making things more efficient is good. If you can make your life more efficient that means maybe you can conserve resources. But the thing about humans is that we're like every other fucking living thing. Okay, living things, I hate to break it to you, I don't care what living thing you're talking about, even the fucking squirrels who save fucking nuts for the winter. Living things really don't conserve, not in the big picture. What they do is expand. If a living thing can expand its ecosystem, at will. The only thing that limits any living thing on planet Earth are basically these boundary conditions, you know, the only thing that limits, you know, an orca whale from climbing up on Earth and biting off the head of a human, which frankly, man, I'd pay to see that, um, yeah, they can't do that, they're physically unable to, but there are lots of boundary conditions in nature, things that limit creatures from basically going beyond a certain point, point. and boundary conditions can change, um very much based upon things like climate or other natural events, blah, blah, blah. Human beings abstract their bullshit to the point that we can use all sorts of things in our natural environment to survive. Maybe not directly. It's like we don't eat oil, for example. We don't, you know, pump oil out of the ground and eat it because that would be toxic and gross but we do use oil to produce the energy for farming, to transport food, to refrigerate food. In fact, one of the estimates I've heard over the years, and I think it's probably correct, is that for every one calorie of food you eat, for every one calorie you eat, there are 10 calories of hydrocarbon energy in that food. So, if you eat something with 1,000 calories, it took an additional 10,000 calories of hydrocarbon fuel to produce that fucking food. Now, again, we do this, we abstract. The problem with the abstraction is it gets crazy. It almost becomes a kind of magical land of mirrors and hallways and doorways where we get lost in our own bullshit. Like we humans abstract ourselves to the point that we even kind of lose touch with with what is required to survive. And if you look around the world today at the state of the human race, and I mean specifically in places like Seattle, I see a lot of broken people. And, And it's not just physically broken. I mean mentally, spiritually, you name it. Now, how does this relate to Marxism and communism? Well, currently, the young people, the they call them Generation Z, right? The young people are all talking about communism and free money and green new deals and all kinds of bullshit. We clever monkeys abstract our bullshit to the point that we start believing things that make no fucking sense. Okay? We so abstract the food, the water, and the shelter that we literally believe all we gotta do is push a button and this shit shows up. It's something that a lot of Marxists and communists and Keynesians and other people that wanna run the world, and frankly, on a bad day, that includes a few fucking libertarians. Frankly, anybody that thinks government's the solution is a communist to me. But anywho, it's something a lot of people forget. They, don't, they, can't, quite, they can't quite compute that just because they go to a grocery store and they see this, this layout of all this packaged food with labels and and processes that keep stuff from going rotten and refrigeration and advertisement, we abstract the fuck out of survival, don't we? They think just because it looks like this, that this is reality. That somehow the jungle or nature reflects this. It does not, folks. It does not. There is no grocery store in nature. This is 100% a human thing. There is no other creature I know of that has ever existed, to my knowledge, on planet Earth that creates superstores, that creates big box stores, that has Amazon, or even the concept of an Amazon delivery system involving what-the-fuck drones? Can you imagine squirrels sitting on their asses in late autumn, and a little fucking hummingbird comes by and drops off a fucking nut, these nuts, and the fucking squirrel gives it a leaf in payment? That's bullshit. That is fucking whimsical Disneyland bullshit, folks. That is the Marxism or the communism of the average person. Most people who say they're Marxist have read almost no Karl Marx. I've read more than I wish I had a long time ago. Interestingly enough, about the time of my first Great Depression, that thing I was just talking about, read a lot of Marx. I looked for a lot of answers that year, that year um, 1991. I read a lot of Freud, a lot of Carl Gustav Jung, and I'll admit it, I read a fair amount of Marx. My flirtation with communism lasted maybe 18 months and that was pretty much the pit of my depression. Boy, you need to fucking meditate on that crap. During one of my darkest moments in life, I was briefly enchanted by Marxism. You kind of have to be in the darkest fucking pit of fucking existence to think that shit is a good idea. But in addition to that, you have to have some really whimsical beliefs about production. Like where shit comes from. I think Karl Marx was confused. You know, the philosopher John Dewey. That famous philosopher John Dewey. The founder of American pragmatism, arguably an authentic American philosophical system. Ask Richard Rorty, you fuck. John Dewey once admonished philosophers to go to the factory, to go to the research lab, to go to the places where scientists and engineers are getting things done. Specifically, go to the research lab, go meet the scientists, go meet the engineers, observe what they do. John Dewey's point was is that people can get too disconnected from the actual stuff that's happening. I'm kind of paraphrasing and maybe even debasing his thought a little, But there's this basic idea that you can become too detached. That words and concepts are no longer even remotely connected to concrete things. Now think about the American economy that you've known your whole fucking life. Because this is the economy I have known my whole life. And chances are most of you are probably younger than me, maybe a few are older. I was a kid. I think I might have been four or five years old, maybe six, when I saw my mom um, use a credit card. And I gotta say, it looked magical. She took that magical Bon Marche card, you know, there was a Bon Marche in Seattle back then. She'd take that magical card and they would swipe it, you know, they didn't have the electronic thing, it was a piece of paper, you know, carbon copy with a receipt and that one magical little swipe event, bingo, bango, you get stuff. Now don't get me wrong folks, we have a kind of communism in the United States. All governments are on a certain level communistic, at least when it comes to the inner cabal. So whether you're a government employee, or you work within the patronage schemes, or the military industrial complex, or frankly, the healthcare industrial complex, you're getting money from the government one way or another. Okay? Period. So we have communism in America. And I gotta say, in 2008, we had a weird kind of fucked up socialism, didn't we? Socialism for the richest and probably scummiest people that ever fucking lived. Can you imagine if at the end of World War II Adolf Hitler was was brought before a great assembly maybe at Carnegie Hall Hitler at Carnegie Hall 1946 Hitler for nearly destroying the world for killing all those fucking people for basically... ...driving everyone fucking insane... Here's an award. Can you imagine, at the end of World War II, giving the Nazis awards? I can't, because as bad and fucked up as that war was... ...and as misleading as most of the history around it is... ...that would have been too fucking crazy. But I gotta say, folks... When I think about what happened with the great financial crisis in 2008, we basically gave Hitler an award. That's what we did. We rewarded some of the shittiest people. You know, when you think about suicide statistics, consider this. A lot of these suicides are still related to shit that happened then, folks. There was no economic recovery. You know why they're so stressed out about a fucking recession? Do you know why Janet Yellen said she'd never see another one in her lifetime? Because she knew what they know. That this current economic system is a total fucking farce. A house of cards. And you call yourself a Marxist. You say to yourself, Well, Dan, I'll build a just society of socialist principles. The people will own the means of production. Everyone will get what they need. Everything will be fine. That's never happened ever in the history of socialism or communism or government. That's fantastical thinking. That's push-button thinking. That is the belief that you can get stuck by pushing buttons. Now this is where things get dark, folks, and this is where You know, you think about, like, hey, I got a gun in my safe, ergo, I'm protected. That's bullshit. This is where it gets dark, because I think a lot of people, good people, good young people, get suckered into Marxism because they think it's kind. It's kind because you distribute the wealth to everybody. The problem is, is that no matter how perfect you make your fucking utopia, not everyone's going to go along and get along. You got a problem. Now, Mao Zedong, he had a solution. He called it the Great Leap Forward. Boy, did he give Pol Pot a few ideas. Mao Zedong just rounded up a lot of people, probably people that were going to cause problems mostly. He put them in labor camps, and he put them to work 24-7 building dams and roads and all kinds of necessary Chinese communist bullshit. And between 1956 and 1962, roughly 60 million Chinese were killed. 60 million. I have referred this. I have. I have referred to this in the past as um, sort of bonsai economics, or bonsai politics, or you could call it bonsai tyranny, or bonsai utopia. And the idea is this, if you know what a bonsai tree is, it's that little Japanese tree that you prune to keep small. You keep pruning it, you keep it small, right? Prune, 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 keep the bonsai small. Was it Pole Pot that said cut down the tall grass? I think so. The dark part of this, folks, is that by the time you get to your Marxism, you're going to find that your bonsai tree needs to be pruned and you will come up with euphemisms. I guarantee you the first group you'll come after are the anarchists because they are your number one threat. So you will round us up and you'll say, are you an anarchist? I'll say, fuck yeah, put the bullet in my head or I'll put it in yours. By that point, that's where I'll be at. I'm a Christian, but if it comes down to people killing people, frankly, I love and care about people standing up for liberty, actual freedom, I don't mean the people that go to other countries to set fire to people's homes. I mean actual people defending liberty. Um, yeah, I think I'd rather be with them. But it won't stop with the anarchists, folks. It won't. Within a little while, the communists will turn on each other. And I promise you, every great communist revolution has a terror. Every great revolution has a terror. And there will be people thrown into the fucking trash heap of history. And maybe the, the, the fucking garbage people, maybe they'll have a dual purpose at that point. If you want to have your perfect communist society, the only way I know to make that work, and I don't care if it's Jacques Fresco and your bullshit Venus Project, Zeitgeist crap, whatever fucking idiotic persons believe in that crap, I don't care if it's your ordinary socialism and your Marxism, I don't care what kind of crocodile you envision. Because these crocodiles have been envisioned throughout history, folks, everybody thinks they have the perfect crocodile. Dan, I've invented the perfect crocodile. We call him kami croc. Everybody gets some food on their plate. Just make sure you don't show up for work late. Oh, comrade, I'm the Kami croc. Everybody has to smile. <laughs> I'm the crocodile. You know, that everyone thinks they're going to come up with a magical solution to government. But the problem is government, it's not even Marxism that's the issue. This is the thing about a lot of conservatives and quote-unquote Republicans. They're so confused. They're so confused. They will beat up on communists and liberals. And yet they continually defend the Boeings and the General Dynamics and the fucking Raytheons. And all the fucking tech companies that have their hands out to the government. They defend the fucking banks. They defend all the fucking corporate welfare whores. All the fucking corporate welfare queens. They defend them. They defend socialism. You know, for war. It's ridiculous. Wake the fuck up. All of your fucking schemes, none of them work. Government is the ultimate abstraction, folks. I've said this before, I'll say it again. Government is the ultimate abstraction, and the ultimate form of abstracting government is communism, it always has been. It is, it is the, the, final, the final resolution in the Hegelian dialectic of madness. The final terrible fucking I- idea the final fucking terrible fucking idea that people come up with right before all the shit falls apart is everybody gets everything the same. It's just going to magically work because all we got to do is push a fucking button. (sighs) Listen, folks, there's a lot you can do with bayonets, as Napoleon said, and I've said this before, but you can't sit on them. And if you want to have your magical communism, you better be good at making bonsai trees because that is the only fucking way you'll make it work. I don't care if you end up doing the Logan's Run thing where a person's crystal turns red and they get popped into the grinder. I don't care if you follow a different path. Okay, whatever your solution to this problem is, you will have to prune the tree. You will have to do the bonsai process and even then your society will eventually fail you will end up with a society of idiotic people doing stupid shit all day. I promise you, that kind of um, organism is not long for the world, folks. Marshall McLuhan, um, I think he was Canadian, he's no longer with us, he's dead. Marshall McLuhan um, wrote a book, I think it was titled On Media. I think I read it about 20 years ago. Maybe No, actually about, uh, yeah, about 20 years ago. So, yeah, it would have been around 1999. And if you've ever heard the term Global Village... That term was coined by Marshall McLuhan. If you've ever heard the term hot media versus cold media, that's hot, that's cold, that is also a Marshall McLuhan thing. And Marshall McLuhan essentially thought media w- that is hot is media that kind of lights up your brain. I don't want to I don't want to misinterpret him, but in some ways that's essentially the message. So, for example, text like reading books, that's kind of a hot medium. Vis-a-vis radio, it's actually, radio's cool. But the thing is, radio's actually hot when you compare it to TV. TV's actually cooler because you do a lot less thinking. You kind of just receive the information. You're not as much engaged. With radio, there's a lot of fucking imagination. A lot of fucking private worlds. And everybody creates their own. There's more internal simulation. In that sense, it's hot. Now, I want you to ask yourself a fucking question based upon what I just told you. Do you think that your smart device is triggering hot medium type behaviors in your brain or cool medium type type behaviors? And before you say, Dan, that's an oversimplification. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I might be misusing Marshall McLuhan. Kind of like in Annie Hall, right? (laughs) That was a funny scene with Woody Allen standing in line at the movie and then Marshall McLuhan is right there listening to some idiot commenting and says, that's not what I meant. And if I had been the guy I would have stabbed McLuhan in the heart and said, fuck you. According to French philosophers, the author is dead, you fuck. No, I wouldn't have done that. I don't think that the smart device lights up your brain. I don't think it does. I think it does the opposite. I think it cools it off. And, you know, if you want a lot of fucking sedate people walking around in trance, that's a fucking, that's a fucking marvel. That's wonderful. But if you want people coming up with new ideas that, I don't know, save their fucking lives from destruction, I don't think that's a good idea, folks. In fact, I think people's IQs are dropping in part because they're using that fucking device. Ask yourself, how much trivial garbage do you really need to know? Maybe you need to know a lot, I don't really know, but how much do you really need to know? Ask yourself how much learning you actually do connected to that device. Is it learning or is it mostly just distraction? And if it's distraction, how much thinking are you actually doing? Next topic. Uh, Maybe. I don't know if you've noticed this, but these drug commercials lately, they have like it's like the current strategy with drug commercials. And I don't even know, maybe they're doing some type of subliminal shit, but these fucking drug commercials you, you'll see on YouTube, um, they'll take some classic song and then they'll they'll fit the song for their fucking drug commercial. So like Ozempic. Ozempic is some kind of fucking drug. I don't know what the fuck it does. But then they'll, you know that song, oh, oh, it's magic. Yeah, they do. Oh, 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 zampic! It's ridiculous. Or there, or then there's that fucking entrezo bullshit, entrezo, enfuxo. I don't know. I think that's the one about people having fucking heart attacks and then magically being okay if you take entrezo. And the beat goes on, boom boom, 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 with really tinny music like that heart they fix for you. It skips a beat every once in a while. It's not doing so good. And the beat goes on. It's terrible. And then there's this fucking trilogy. Easy as one, two, three, A, B, C. Yeah, isn't that the Jackson 5? And then they got them fucking schlocking. Trilogy, trilogy. Easy as one, two, three. Fuck. They don't even have good arguments, really. For these fucking drugs. They have to have these fucking old-timey songs now. Songs of the youth. Of the fucking baby boomers. But boomers, I hate to break it to you. You're going to be dead soon. I don't care if you take Trilogy easy as one, two, three. I don't care if you take o Oh ozempic. Oh, I don't care if you're taking in I I often wonder about this bullshit myself, this fucking Ozempic bullshit, these fucking drugs. It's crazy. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I wish I could say I had the answers to this fucking eternal riddle, but I don't. I don't. Here's what I will tell you. I think you need to be fucking careful with these fucking drugs. I'm not saying they don't help. I think some of them might. You know... But if you're taking a statin to control cholesterol, I would ask you to seriously research that drug. Any drug you're taking, any statin you're taking to control cholesterol, I would recommend looking into it because there's reason to believe that there's this squishy chunk of flesh called your brain and it needs cholesterol to build components of the brain all the fucking time. And if it doesn't get that fucking cholesterol, Your brain starts to die. Oh Zempik. Last but not least, I am gonna beg for money as all podcasters and YouTubers do periodically. But let me let me go through the, the fucking the fucking legal fucking boilerplate, the the preface, um If you have money, which means you're not poor like me, if you have already helped other people in your life, which means everybody, including that French Bulldog of yours, that really crappy one, even though it's crappy and terrible, you love it. Too cute to kill, too ugly to live. That's the story of a French Bulldog. If you have no one else in your life that needs help at all and you have extra money and you enjoy my podcast to the point that you would want to donate the good news is you can. I am going to include a link to my Venmo page in the fucking subscri- in the fucking description here and on my SoundCloud homepage there's also the same link to the same Venmo page where you can donate, okay? Venmo may not be your thing. I get it. You can say you want to donate to some fucking public key address for my fucking wallet If you really wanted to donate any amount of significant Bitcoin that won't be digitally clipped on its way to a fucking wallet I can create a Bitcoin wallet in about 30 minutes or less. It's not that hard. I'll just go to local bitcoins but truly folks I can imagine people wanting to send me five bucks of Bitcoin and unless you're on local Bitcoin, that transaction might never work. But if you have the money and you enjoy my podcast and you're a crypto nerd, but you don't get upset by hearing contrary views. If you're somebody that enjoys my podcast and has the money, blah, 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 I can use the help. Donate. Donate as much as you want to. Donate as little as you want to. Any amount helps. It's not a recurring system. You're not recurrently required to, like, help out. And, yeah. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great fucking Thursday. And, um, be careful out there. Be careful. Lots of crazy people with chainsaw.